You are listening to Messy in the Middle, the show here to help you navigate the messy blend that is life and business today. I'm your host, Haley Johnson, and my guests and I are here to dish out all the hot takes, big wins, and seriously messy moments that come with being an entrepreneur. So grab another cup of coffee, you know you want to, and let's get into it. Welcome back to Messy in the Middle. Joining us today, we have Olivia Wheeler, the passionate and faith-filled designer and agency owner behind Acton Circle, the graphic design and web agency on a mission to help nonprofits cultivate strong relationships and expand their outreach with modern, captivating design. Olivia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for agreeing to this very impromptu podcast interview. (laughs) For our listeners, Olivia and I had a coffee chat scheduled and I was like, you know what? Let's just record this sucker and use it for an episode. (laughs) So I'm so glad that Olivia was flexible and we can have this fun interview today. So tell our listeners and also tell me because I don't know you yet uh, a little bit about your background, how you got into design and what made you decide to create your own agency. Yeah, so... I always knew I wanted to be a designer Um, when I was in college. I studied graphic design. um, And throughout college, I worked on campus as a designer. I freelanced. And then later, I went to join um, different design agencies and work in-house on marketing teams. And um, most recently, I led the design team at a legal technology startup. But then um, my family grew pretty much just decided to start a family. Um, And I wanted more flexibility. So I thought, why not just start my own design company? I have so much experience. I have connections throughout the years. So I took the leap of faith and founded my design studio. That's amazing. And that was back in 2019, right? Yeah, back in 2019. I had my first little one um, at the end of 2018. Um, And if that wasn't already enough, I was like, why not start a business? I feel like so many like women and moms like take that opportunity of, well, I have to take a break from my full-time job anyway, so might as well just leap into entrepreneurship. Being a mom isn't challenging enough, right? Yes, exactly. So you've been in business for, are you coming up on your third year now? Yeah, it'll be my third year in March. Yeah, that's awesome. So this is all about the messy middle stage of business, which I'm quickly learning never ends, even though the beginner stage might. How would you describe where you're at in business right now? Like coming up on year three, do you feel like you're still in that beginning stage or do you feel like very firmly planted in that messy middle? Yeah, so I would say I I am confident with who I'm selling my services to, um, but this will be I think the first year will I when I've done official marketing. Um, before it was a lot of word of mouth, and so learning how to market my business on social media, email marketing, um, you name it. That's that's where I'm at. So I would say I'm in the. I know who I'm selling to, but now let me get a lot of the processes, marketing processes in place to really scale. That's awesome. I feel like that's been a big part of this year for me too, has been 
like, oh yeah, I actually need to market. Even though I'm a marketer, I'm like, <laughs> that's literally what I do is help other people come up with their marketing. But I like just started my email list and I like just started consistently posting. And I think when you're doing so much doing in your own business, it can be really easy to get distracted and not have the time to market. Even when the thing you're doing is marketing all day long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so do you feel like that was kind of the turning point for you where you were like sitting down to focus on marketing and making your business growth more intentional? Or do you feel like there was any other marker of, you know, stepping into that middle stage or graduating from being a beginner business owner? Yeah, I think I reached a point where I dealt with some mindset things of saying like, can I really run this business? And I want to, at the end of the day, be able to contribute to my family monetarily. And so I was just like, um, I really need to commit to doing all the things from marketing to sales. If I really want to get serious about running my business, like this isn't a hobby. Um, So I realized to avoid the feast and the famine cycles, I have to have a content strategy, a marketing strategy, sales strategy. And so realizing all these components make up the business and brand strategy. I, you know, I took a step back and, you know, made it one of my many goals um, in my business in order to scale. Yeah, definitely. I think that a lot of times what we see on the outside when we see other businesses are those like marketing strategies and content strategies and all of the things that I know I really beat myself up for not being quote like better at earlier on in my business. Mm -hmm. And it's not like at the fault of any one person for not being able to manage it all because it Mm. literally is a full-time job to do on top of running your business. But I think that's awesome that, you know, you're reaching the point and realizing like, this is the strategy that I need to do. And this is the output that I need to have and being open about not doing that right away. Mm. Um, I think if anything that I've learned, like making this podcast is that no one does the like hard stuff and like the consistent stuff and all of the outside stuff until they're past that beginner stage. And I think it's like taking that leap and really deciding like, this is go time, do or die for this business that really pushes you to like, take that next level and take your marketing seriously, take your team seriously, take your finances seriously and like commit to running a business and not just a hobby. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times too, we know there are these more challenging tasks we need to do, whether it's like networking and stepping out and, you know, just connecting with people. And oftentimes I find myself just gravitating to what I already know how to do, but I know with the growth of my business, I need to put myself out there a little bit more. Um, So if you have those tasks where you're kind of avoiding them, they're often the things that you, you should do um, in order to take your business to the next level is really what I've learned. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like the stuff that constantly falls to the bottom of your to-do list, but you can't bring yourself to take it off your to-do list. Like that's what you need to wake up and do to just like get it done with. Yep. Do you think that the pandemic and not being able to do so many like in-person marketing activities and in-person networking maybe contributed to that shift towards coming up with a marketing strategy? Or do you think that your trajectory in that regard would have been the same had 
COVID not happened? Yeah, I think it would have been the same, just being in a digital um, marketplace by nature with graphic design. Um, I know there are a lot of like missed opportunities with like in-person um, design events and things, um, but a lot of them are virtual now. And so, yeah, I don't think it would have made a difference for my business. Yeah. Awesome. So when it comes to the types of clients that you work with, I see like from your website, you work with primarily nonprofits and kind of like purpose-driven organizations. Was there a point where you intentionally made that decision to focus on that niche or did it just kind of come naturally and you were happy where you landed? Yeah. So when I started out, um, when I started my my agency. Um, I worked with a lot of different business business types from entrepreneurs to nonprofits to um, Fortune 500 companies. But I found I was most passionate about helping um, businesses that were helping other people. I'm just very passionate about like using my skills for good. And so I thought that was a perfect way to further niche down was to um, serve primarily those purpose-driven, nonprofit, social enterprise um, companies. I love that. I think in my business, the most difficult thing that I've had to do is like figure out how to niche down and like pick something because I know I just like, I want to help everybody. I'm, I'm an Enneagram too. So like helping and serving are just like, that's my default. Um, so I know when I first started, I really wanted to do nonprofit marketing. And after being in it for a little bit, I realized I just couldn't handle the like turn and burn of the industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I had a really hard time niching down and choosing who I wanted to work with because anytime someone would post like a job opportunity that fit my skill set, I would just be like, yeah, I want to do that. So my portfolio is like cybersecurity and luxury furniture and like <laughs> none of it makes any sense, but it was fun for me at the time, but it definitely made it harder to like get known for something and get referrals and honestly even market because how do you market to that many different kinds of people all at once? Yeah. So when you're coming up with your like content strategy and your marketing strategy now, what sorts of places are you pulling from for information or how are you, I guess, like structuring that strategy to work within the constraints of your business? So you're not just like marketing all the time. You actually have time to do your job. Yeah. So I have some people that help me execute like marketing in terms of partnering with writers um, and social media strategists, but I do figure out the high level strategy on my own. So I'll, I will hang out in Facebook groups and, you know, check them maybe once or twice a week to see, okay, what are nonprofit uh, leaders talking about right now? What are they interested in? Um, and then also, if you hang out on Instagram a lot and follow the right people, you can see um, what other experts who may be serving the same audience are doing. And so I think by nature, if we're already on these platforms and we're following the right people, you know, spending, I don't know, up to an hour a day, you, you'll get the information that you need without it having to like consume you. Um, but you do have to be disciplined because that can't be the only thing you're doing. I've tried to time block, but that doesn't really work for me. So um, I typically keep a to-do list with my, my top priorities for the day and then tackle 
you know, marketing tasks that, that way. Awesome. Yeah. I definitely could handle spending a little bit less time in Facebook groups. Uh, (laughs) It's just so easy to get sucked in. And then like, you want to be in all of them just in case something comes up that's like good for you. But then it's like, how much of my time can I actually spend on here? Uh, That's like, I think something I need to work on this year is better control of my time in Facebook groups. Um, When it comes to managing, you mentioned having people on your team who help you with your marketing. Do you have people who help with like the client facing stuff and the client execution too? Or are you handling that on your own? Yeah. So right now I own a lot of the the client experience um, project management. I'd like to um, eventually hire someone to help me with that. But because those things are so important to me and I want them done um, a certain way, I'm, I'm hanging on as long as I can. But some of the areas where I'm not as strong, like writing and sometimes marketing things, um, I hire people to support in those areas. Awesome. Do you feel like when you're saying that you don't like the idea of like losing control of the client facing stuff? Like, do you feel you have the management experience to handle having a team member more directly involved in that? Or is it like just the entire process kind of throws you? Because I know I was really nervous from a management perspective about hiring my first like contractor or even employee because Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm 24. Like, what business do I have being someone's boss? (laughs) Yeah. Um, luckily for me, um, before I started my business in my, my last like full-time role, I grew the design team at the legal technology startup. So it's not my first time managing people. So I find management easy as long as, you know, you have your processes and things and things in place. Um, but because project management and client experience don't take ton of time because I have those processes, I don't mind doing it. But yeah, so I'm not, I wasn't too afraid of the management factor. I love that. I want some of your like client management and process skills to, to rub off on me through osmosis in the Zoom call, because I love managing people, projects, not so much. (laughs) Yeah. It takes a level of, you know, that organization. Um, But, you know, if you have like there's a lot of things you can automate, Um, I use Notion and so I have it set up so that I don't have to think twice about stuff, tagging things. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, I should probably get a little bit better at that. <laughs> no doubt. Um, so pivoting a little bit to talk more about your clients that you serve and the type of work that you do. Um, I feel like with nonprofits, it really runs the gamut from like a tiny five person organization with a shoestring budget all the way up to like the really big, like multi-million dollar nonprofits that are like, sponsoring events and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you must really run the gamut when you come to like different budgets and scopes and the understanding of design, you know, with some of the smaller teams, you might be working with the executive director, but maybe a larger team, like they have their own design team. Are there ever any like constant, I don't want to say problems, but like, do you ever run into the same issues over and over that maybe could be solved with just like a little bit more education? Um, yeah, so there's two things there. The first thing is I I am so niche that I know my target audience. So the nonprofits I serve typically need to have like revenue over a million dollars and social enterprises. So for profits are operating at like 500,000. 
So I release myself from working with the teams that may not understand the value of design or have the budget to work with the designer. So I just get rid of those problems, you know, altogether. But typically uh, for nonprofits, especially, I would say if they've never worked with the designer, oftentimes I have to show them how to work with the uh, the designer in the per- like a, a better way because maybe they've been burned in the past or they have a designer that's just the implementer but um, doesn't contribute to the creative strategy. Um, so a lot of the time it's just talking in layman's terms, um, laying out the process so they know um, how design works in the first place. So I guess working with me, it's just um, not only will I execute the project, but educate the client behind a lot of the design process. I love that. I feel like definitely like the education portion of that is so key and it can help like influence how they engage with other designers in the future. Cause I feel Mm -hmm. like in my experience, when you are first dealing with someone who's never dealt with your industry before, like you do have to do so much education. And I think when smaller organizations are like dealing with tighter budgets. They're working with people who maybe like don't have the time or don't have the patience to handle all of that education. So I think that's great, especially when you're working with people who are working with a designer for the first time that they're getting that like educational side of things, because then they can sort of pay it forward to future designers that they get to work with. Absolutely. So over the course of the pandemic, obviously you started your business before the pandemic. And you've said that, you know, the pandemic itself hasn't really influenced your like networking and marketing style, but have you noticed it influencing the types of projects that your clients are needing or the types of clients that you are being able to work with due to miscellaneous pandemic shit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, honestly, I haven't noticed too many things aside from I think more people realize how important their website is, for example, um, because that's their digital storefront. And so if anything, it opened people's eyes to, wow, our social media posts do need to be engaging. Um, our website experience does need to be spot on because, you know, you're not having those in-person events. And so I think those are the different sorts of projects I've seen people really sort of prioritize. So yeah, digital marketing, like email graphics and things like that, newsletters, and then like website design. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I feel like for me and like the full service marketing side of things, when the pandemic first hit, there was like a month of really aggressive pullback of like everyone didn't want to spend money. And then like a full year of like, we got to go, go, go. We never like did this internet thing before. And then (laughs) now that it's like a full year later, they're like, okay, let's tighten the purse strings back up again. Like we need to back it up. (laughs) Yes, totally. (laughs) So before we wrap things up, I bet our listeners are wondering, or at least I know I am, what is next for your agency? You know, you're getting into the marketing, you're getting into the scaling. Are you looking to hire? Are you looking to grow? Are you happy where things are? What's like your dreamy 2022? Yeah. So right now I work um, with another, there's another designer on my team and also an illustrator. Um, So I imagine myself hiring possibly one more designer. And I'd like to grow my, I guess, 
client load to, you know, a healthy load um, and figure out how many clients like I can max out at without, you know, feeling super stressed. Um, So I say with the marketing, it's definitely because I would like to grow, um, but I don't want to be like the 20 person agency right now because that's just a lot. (laughs) So I would just say some just steady growth, consistent growth, getting my brand out there um, and helping organizations do their thing um, is ultimately, I think, what's in store for this year. Amazing. I love that. Well, if any of our listeners out there want to work with you or want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do so? Yeah, um, you can email me. It's my first name, Olivia, O-L-I-V-I-A at actoncircle.co. And Acton is basically A-C-T-O-N and then circle.co. No M. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people awesome. like try to correct my email by putting the M and I'm like, no, it's .co. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, we'll link it in the show notes so that it doesn't get messed up by anyone. Chrissy, my editor, take note, no.com. It's just .co. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you to our listeners for listening. This was an absolute blast. And I cannot wait to share this with everybody. Yay. Thank you. Hey there, thanks for listening all the way to the end, or more likely, thanks for leaving your phone just far enough away that you can't get to it in time to skip past this part. If you like what you heard, don't forget to rate and leave a review. And shout out to my guests for joining me, my dog for not barking, my editor Chrissy for doing her thing, and my friend Devin for letting me use his music. You can check out all of the links for the podcast, anything mentioned in today's episode, and the amazing people who helped me put on the show in the show notes. Bye!